show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Them to run their mouths about politics. Politics, politics, schmalitics. Well, little did you know, they can run their mouths about other stuff as well. This is the Mark G Show. They have a natural curiosity about just about everything, from aliens, the paranormal, to the biggest natural disasters that have ever occurred on planet Earth, and everything in between. Two brothers from another mother ripping it up. And, oh no, we don't record the show. We have the balls to do it live. Call into the show at 207-370-5852. That's 207-370-5852. Be a part of the show. Let's do it. This is the Mark G Show. And now your hosts, Mark G and Gary G. What is going on, everybody? Holy shit, what an intro. I love the new intro. Listen, everybody, we are live today on multiple platforms, and we got a new way of rolling out the show to try it out. This is a test run, so be prepared for glitches. Our topic tonight is a very serious topic that we're going to get into here. But first, let me get out some introductions. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and good old TikTok, baby. That's right, TikTok. Y'all get to jump in the boxes tonight to tell us your story. Uh, we are talking about addiction. But before I get into my opening liner here, let me introduce you to my brother from another mother. That's right, the guy with the afro. We call him Gary G. Gary, what's going on, my man? What is happening? I'm, I think tonight's going to be a good chat. I think it's uh, something that's real, you know, and I'm kind of looking forward to hearing uh, from some of the folks that we're going to connect with. Right? Nah, I hear you, man. So, everybody, let me tell you something. Addiction runs dear to my heart. There's a reason why. I've, I have addiction that runs on both sides of my family. My mother's side, my father's side. I also have addiction that runs on my wife's side uh, as well. So addiction runs uh, very strong all around, and it runs dear to my heart. I've lost loved ones to addiction, um, you know. so it does run very hard to my heart. Before I get going with the show, I do want to let folks know who are watching on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Down at the bottom of the screen there, you are going to see um, a liner scrolling down. It says, if you need any help or if you know that anybody that may need some help with addiction, please call 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. And tonight's show, um, you know, addiction is something that a lot of people don't like to talk about, right? It's a scary subject. It really is. I mean, but it's something that does need to be talked about. A lot of people are dying. A lot of people having their marriages ruined. A lot of people having their friendships ruined. A lot of people are living on the streets all due to a fact of addiction. Addiction takes over your life. We have a, uh, a lot of other problems that come with an addiction. Hopefully, you know, we'll have somebody come in that's uh, battling through it. They'll be able to discuss more with us about that. Um, tonight, we are taking in phone calls from people who would like to talk, tell us their story. Uh, TikTok, I'll get to you in just a second. If you are watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, you can call into the show at 
too with your phone, uh, with your story. Or you, if you're on TikTok, you can request a box down there. We have a little guest box down there. As long as you're able to go live, you can click on that, request a spot, and uh, uh, come into contact with us. Be known that your face will be shown on air. Uh, you will be live on YouTube with us, and all things will be recorded, and we'll be on Apple and Spotify. Also, let me get my disclaimer out of the way, because addiction is a touchy subject. Addiction can get um, very detailed. So... Uh, for my little disclaimer for uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, please note that everything that is talked about on this show is the opinions and the views of myself, my brother, and any guests that we have on the show. Do with what you need with the information. Take it as it is, but also do your own research. Um, we're here to try to help you. We're here to tell you uh, our stories, tell you uh, other people tell you their stories. But as always, please do your own research, and this is for entertainment purposes only. I think I got all the bases covered. You think I did? For the most part. For the most part, right? <laughs> I mean, right, because addiction is one of those, it's one of those things that it can be anything, right? I mean, one of the biggest addictions out there, though, to be honest with you, right now in our country is the biggest problem is fentanyl. But there's more. There's alcoholism. That's a really big one out there as well. I mean, I for one was an well, I, I can't I can't say I was. I am an alcoholic. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, I have a few slips here and there, but I am a recovering alcoholic. It's one of the things I will actually tell my story before I go further. Uh, so people know that I'm not just talking out of my ass here. Um, you know, I drank very heavily. I was drinking heavily when I was a teenager. I hit it well for my mother. Matter of fact, when I told my mother just last year that I was an alcoholic, she didn't believe me, uh, because I, I hit it well. Uh, the only ones that really saw my alcoholism, that saw what alcohol did to me was my wife, my children. Uh, to the points you know where they would walk in the bathroom and I was passed out on the floor after vomiting so freaking much from over drinking or vomiting within my bed because I just I drank so freaking much that and I wanted that alcohol. Now the type of alcoholic that I was to say is I wasn't that person who drank at home and constantly drank drank. I was more of that social alcoholic. I had to be around a crowd of people. For me, I had to be at the bar. When you put me in a bar, I drank and I didn't know when to quit. And I drank and drank to the point where I got diagnosed with a fatty liver on top of my bad health choices, obviously. But uh, alcohol had a big part in that and to the point where I probably would have been dead eventually if I would have kept up with the drinking that I was doing. Um, I destroyed my esophagus. My esophagus wall is now weak because of it. Um, so... Yeah. I mean, alcohol is a big problem within our country, along with other um, drugs that we're going to talk about here very shortly. But Gary, um, as far as my opening line here, we do have people that are talking over here over on TikTok, as well as uh, looks like YouTube. You got anything you want to plug in real quick before I start reading off some stats as a way for some people to want to come in? Um, I think I think addiction it goes across a lot of spectrums it's not only substance abuse but it could fall into like lifestyle things too porn is also another huge addiction problem that can literally destroy families Touché. um so i mean addiction it's 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 a wide net you know what i mean so um yeah i uh I, i'm curious about these stats what do you what do you got going on there yeah, no. So I pulled up some stats. So what I did is I went to the American Addiction Center's uh, website, and I, I just I wanted to grab some stats for the podcast show. Uh, first, let me know, we got a bunch about twenty people into um, the TikTok here. So 
First, uh, I love you too, my niece. Uh, positively level, lovely, I love you too. My niece just popped in and said she loves me over here over at TikTok. Uh, for TikTok people, if you want to join in on the podcast, uh, please go ahead and request a box. And I will bring I will bring everybody in order that I see them for the boxes. So feel free if you'd like to tell us your addiction story, addiction, whether it's family or yourself, uh, go ahead and request a box and I will bring you in uh, here shortly. Uh, I'll bring you in orders that I see you. We do have a firefighter that's going to be coming in soon. Um, that's it. Uh, so here we go, folks. We're going to go ahead with some stats here from the American Addiction Center's quick facts on drug addiction. According to the National Survey of Drug Use and Health, NSDUH, 19.7 million American adults aged 12 and older battle substance use disorder in 2017. Almost 74% of adults suffering from substance use disorder in 2017 struggled with an alcohol use disorder. Um, about 38% of adults in 2017 battled an illicit drug use disorder. The same year, one out of every eight adults struggled with both alcohol and drug use disorder simultaneously. In 2017, 8.5 million American adults suffer from both mental health disorders and substance use disorder or co-occurring disorders. Uh, drug abuse and addiction costs in American societies more than $740 billion annually in lost workplace productivity, health care expenses, and crime-related costs. And remember, how much? How much? $740 billion. God damn. That's three-quarters of a trillion dollars. It's fucking insane. That's a tremendous amount of money. It's absolutely insane. Um, we're going to go into the causes of addiction. This is where I believe you and I are going to come to some of a disagreement because I kind of agree with uh, what they're going with here. Uh, mind you, this is an institution, but as you see, as you don't really believe in too much of an institutionalized, but let's go ahead and uh, read this. I, folks, I'm going to start bringing people in the boxes here shortly. Uh, the causes of addiction, genetics, including the impact of one's environment on gene expression, account for about 40% to 60% of a person's risk of addiction. Environmental factors that may increase a person's risk of addiction include a chaotic home environment and abuse, parents' drug use and attitude towards drugs, peer influences, community attitudes toward drugs, and poor academic achievements. Teenagers and people with mental health disorders are more at risk for drug use and addiction than other populations. Drug and alcohol abuse can be scary. What's more frightening is where you're the one battling substance use disorder, SUD, or alcohol use disorder, AUD, and you don't have a solution to the problem. Uh, then they go back into the number, uh, talking about American Addiction Centers provide 24-hour medical detox, premium treatment, and ongoing care. And they go into the phone number, which we have down here at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, the phone number is 1-800-662-HELP, which is 1-800-662-4357. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look, for the most part, I agree with those numbers. I've, you know, I've seen people come from, I've seen really healthy minded people come from really wealthy families and good environments with parents who are sober and not abusive turn into addicts. Right. And I think, you know, that comes down to probably more peers than anything else. Um, peer influence or like some sort of underlying insecurity. And, uh, you know, they, as we as we grow up, we're confused, right? We're we're trying to discover ourselves and figure out who we are and where we're going to fit into society, right? We experiment as well. We as, experiment, yeah. yeah. And uh, but I mean, a lot of it comes down to and like there there'll be some backlash on this, I'm sure. But like there's a there's a lot of influence that comes from music, movies, video games, 
And when you start having these influencers, nowadays they're influencers on like social media, but back in our day, it was like music videos or movies or what have you. Um, people who are tough and, and cool and badass, you know, they're usually smoking blunts, drinking forties and getting into shit that they shouldn't be getting into. Right. And that's what makes right. them cool and edgy. And, um, you know, people want to be accepted. And, uh, sometimes in society being that like sober, smart kid, you know, you end up with some insecurities cause you're not that thug and you're not that guy who's like a badass going around looking tough and, and using slang or what have you. And right. so I think that some of those influencers, um, you know, they have a following just like, like most people on, on these platforms nowadays. And it's like, you know, kids try stuff and just kind of, you know, one thing leads to another and then it cascades down. Um, it does. I mean, to the lot, to the lot of the kids too, they think it's cool, right? They think, oh, this is cool. I like this. My friends are doing it. Why, why I should be doing it as well. And it leads down that road. And I, I'd hate to say a lot of parents, you're not going to be able to withhold your kids from experimenting. You're not. I, I tried being that helicopter parent and it didn't work. It really didn't, you know, being a helicopter parent is just not going to work. It's just, it can actually, it can kind of exacerbate the problem. You know what I mean? It can kind of push, push the kids into wanting to rebel more. Exactly. No, hundred percent agree with that. And, and, and I'm, a, I'm a true factor that in my family, I mean, I, I see it within my, my own children. So it does happen. Um, but as far as a lot of stuff, one of the, some of the biggest problems that we do have right now here in America, I'm not going to go political at all on this. I'm going to try my hardest not to go political on this folks. But one of the biggest problems that we do have right now here in the United States is fentanyl is 100% currently taking over our streets and people are dying left and right right now. We're seeing X amount of deaths. Matter of fact, uh, let me just pull up the statistics here. I, I've tried pulling up these statistics earlier and um, how many fentanyl, let me see here. I'm going to pull this up. We're going to bring in actually Bubba Henson, I believe said he wanted to talk. I don't know why he hasn't requested a box, but we're going to bring in Bubba Henson into the box. Um, how many fentanyl deaths a year? All right, we're bringing in Bubba Henson real, real quick here. If he comes in, did he accept it? What's up? What's going on, Bubba? All right, Bubba, one second. I'm not seeing you over here. Um, stand by, everybody. Oh, okay, Bubba, you just doing voice only? Uh, yeah, I figured I'd do voice only. Okay, fantastic. No, I just want to know so I know what screen I'm going on here. All right, so we got Bubba Henson, who's a, who's a firefighter. Um, so it's definitely gone on multiple probably calls for fentanyl overdoses or any other type of overdoses, alcohol overdose, so forth. Um, and I felt like it'd be good to have him on just to kind of tell us his experience, um, responding to calls and what he sees out there. Bubba, how, how long have you been a firefighter first responder? Uh, 13 years. Okay. So you're, it's not, this is not, uh, anything new to you then. Mm-hmm. It's not new, but it's definitely growing, a growing issue that we, uh, we deal with. What, what have you seen over, you know, the last 13 years in terms of the amount of first response, uh, calls that you got for drug overdoses when you first started compared to, to today? Well, I mean, I'm going to start off on some stats. So like, I'm, I'm based in South Carolina. Just in South Carolina alone, in 2010, we had seven, over 1,700 
And in 2021, we had over 2,100 overdose-related deaths. That's not overdoses. That's the deaths resulting from overdoses. How many was that, 2,100? Uh, just in South Carolina, it's 2,168 for 2021. In 2020, Damn. it was 1,734. So it's, it's definitely going up. But when I first started, um, we didn't hardly ever get an overdose call. And as the years went on, you get one or two, and then it gradually continued where you get them almost every day. Um, <clears throat> and that's what a lot of people don't understand how often it is. I mean, overdoses and drug, <clears throat> the drug epidemic has gotten so bad you can walk to a pharmacy and they can just hand you Narcan. And uh, well, if you don't know what Narcan is, it's a drug called, uh, I'm going to mess this up, but Nalexidone, but basically, well, Narcan well, only targets opioids. Um, go ahead. No, Bubba, no, you we lost you for a second. We just want to make sure we got you back. That's all. Okay, yeah. Um, so you can literally go to a pharmacy and get um, Narcan if you got somebody that in your family or you that is on opioids. But what people don't understand is Narcan is. Are you still with me? Yes, we're still here. You froze for a second. Okay. Bad. I was responding. Narcan is not a is not a cure for um, an overdose. Narcan is a short term effect. So when we go on calls and Narcan is administered. A lot of times it will bring the person back from their overdose. They go from unconscious to not breathing well to um, them coming, you know, bringing them back. A lot of times they come back combative. Sometimes they don't. But then they don't want to go seek help because of trouble. But the problem with Narcan is it's a, it's a short fix. It only it covers up the receptors that the opioids um, latch onto. And it helps reverse that, but it's again short term. How so long? How long short term? Are you talking hours, minutes, days? What What's the duration? It it, it really de- it really depends on the person. It re- depends on the person. Um, but it could be, it could maybe sixty minutes. It could be a couple of hours. It just depends. But it's going to okay. eventually wear off. Um, but I have seen people overdose from like teenage level all the way up to older people. There's multiple types of overdoses. You can say, you know, I'm just talking about this aspect of addiction right now, but right. Um, there's all kind of different drugs you can do it on. The only thing Narcan works on is o- opioids. It does not work on any other kind of thing. So when you're talking about opioids, you're talking about um, stuff like Oxycontin, fentanyl, methadone, Vicodin, heroin. Um, if somebody overdoses on cocaine or, you know, benzos or alcohol, it's not going to work. What are the, what are, is there any tools in your, in your toolbox to help those folks similar to Narcan, but for other substances? No. So the main thing you got to worry about is your airway. If you, if you're not breathing, if you don't have an airway, you know, it's, it's not going to work. So our main line of defense is keeping that airway established from the fire service side until EMS arrives. And then sometimes it leads to innovation where they have to put a tube in you. Wow. But it's definitely a growing problem in this country because the amount that we see is just growing and growing and people buy the stuff on the street thinking that they're getting this. Well, the people that are selling it to you may have, you know, put fentanyl in it. 
try to soup it up a little bit. Well, that's that's very bad. Um, and that's what's creating a um, fat- the fatality rate is increasing due to things like that. Right. Well, I've been hearing reports that uh, certain the fentanyl is now being added stuff like THC and so forth, like uh, well, the devil's lettuce. I'm trying to be somewhat careful here on social media, but you know, like that weed and stuff like that that's being added to or fake pills and so forth. Is that something you guys are seeing mm-hmm. in your area as well? Uh, yes. And uh, I want to touch on this real quick. Out of, in 2021, I said there was 2,168 um, fatals from overdoses. Yep. Out of those, 14, almost 1,500 of them was fentanyl-related ODs. Um, now, there's a lot of people I have seen lately is having adverse reactions to things such as edibles. Interesting. Um yeah, so like the gummies. I've, I've, we had somebody the other day said he took two gummies. He was having convulsions and seizure-like activity. And normally those are THC, you know, related. Um, right. Which does not necessarily cause those kind of reactions. So it leads to the point of where where are you getting this from? And a lot of these people, you know, get this stuff from their friends or off the street, and you don't know what's in them. Is there any way to uh, test them real time to find out if it's been laced with something? No. No, there's not, right? You just have to Mm-mm. test if they have any left or whatever, then you can like put send it to a lab or whatever to find out if it's been cut. I don't think they can do that. I think there's a law stated that um, there's a no questions asked on any overdose as far as I know. Like, for instance, when we had an issue with my son when he got rushed to the hospital. They didn't ask any questions whatsoever to the people that were there, to the parents that were there, to the children that was there. They just took my son, rushed him for his medical emergency and left it as is. There's no question asked. And they, I believe they're doing that in the sense of making it so people don't feel scared uh, to call 911 for help. So, you know, you get an officer response, you get firefighter, EMS, all to respond. And people are scared to call 911, right? Because they're afraid, oh shit, if I call 911, I'm in trouble. I'm going to jail. I, so I think they've asked this. No, don't ask. Don't tell type of a thing for this situation. So this one here, people don't get, you know, don't are not scared to call nine one one. Is that the same in your area, Bubba? Or so it's, yeah. So where I live, if you OD, it's going to trigger a fire, police, and EMS response. Um, the police are coming on the basis of the security scene kind of thing. Right. Um, because you don't when you're in the general with overdose, it might be somebody by itself or it might be a bunch of people that's not too friendly. Um but the police are not going to arrest you on the basis that you overdosed. You're I mean, it's it's a medical emergency. Yep. Um so the only thing that we care about is what did what did you consume? And I've been to houses before the person was there ODing, and I had to pretty much say, look, I'm not law enforcement. You're not in trouble. I just need to know um, because we need to know how to treat it appropriately. Um, there's, I've been to houses where they're like, okay, they took this. Okay, excellent. So now that gives you more of an idea of what your treatment needs to be. Um, and then I've been to some houses where somebody would go to tell me something and somebody would else in the house will pull them away and say, you know, don't tell them anything. So <clears throat> as far as getting in trouble for OD and no, um, your stuff might get confiscated, but it's not like you're going to go to jail just because you overdosed. I actually, I, I watched a video, um, 
from an ER nurse. And that's, that's the exact message that they were saying. It's like, when you show up at the ER, don't, don't lie about what you're doing. We're not, we're not going to get you in trouble. We're trying to save your life. And it's like, if you say, oh, I had four beers or four drinks, they're going to double it. Whatever you tell them, they kind of, they kind of double it. And it's, I mean, they just, this is their job is to save people's lives. Their job is to not throw people under the bus and and have someone getting to some sort of legal, you know, pot of hot soup. It's like, they want to make sure that you are kept alive. You go home, you go back to your family and your loved ones. And, um, you know, if, uh, if that negative experience kind of shakes you a little bit, they, they offer options for, for getting help. If that's, a path that the person wants to take, but far too often people that are going to the ER um, with whatever situation from, from an overdose or whatnot, like be honest about it because you're, you're not going to get in trouble. They want to keep you alive. They want to make sure that you survive and can go home back to your family. Well, I got some stuff coming through TikTok chat. Right. I just want to read real quick. Um, I guess uh, suppose they also have a never use alone phone number that uh, people can call before they use that will actually call 911 for you if you happen to OD. Um, and the person also said their ex husband also overdosed six months ago in the driveway coming to pick up the daughter. Uh, <sighs> see, that, that kind of shit breaks my heart. I'm sorry, Bubba, what was that? Yeah, we've we've had calls like that where there's children in. The, we've had calls where there's children in the vehicle. We've had calls where people was hanging halfway out of their vehicle with a needle in their arm. Oh my god! We've had the calls where we brought them back with with medication, and when they come back, it's that's kind of like the the moment where they realize uh, I've I've effed up and I need to stop. And we've had scenarios where people get transported to the hospital with an OD, and we're going right back to the same person. Um, this one particular patient I had, I went to him weekly for an overdose and, uh, there was one day, the last time I responded to him for an overdose is the last time that he'll ever, uh, talk to anybody again. Cause he's no longer with us. Oh, wow. Damn. That's painful. Uh, some, some people did they, did, 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 in that particular situation, did that person ever ask for help or was, I mean, I don't, I know you. I don't know if you're allowed to share that or whatnot, but they didn't, they didn't ask us basically. Um, you, you have, you have a group of people that think something like Narcan is like a monopoly, get out of jail free card. Right. Where you, 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 it's just like candy. If, if they go down, you give it to them and everything's fine. And then you got people that actually won't help. But I mean, I've, I've had this problem in my family as well. And a lot of times, it's hard to help people until they hit rock bottom and they actually want to help um, with an addict. Um, yeah, a lot of times if you try to tell them they have a problem and tell them they need help, that's going to um, create a defense of, yeah, totally. they're going to get defensive and they're not going to own it. And they're going to have to get to the point where they want that help before you're going to be able to give them the help. Right. And you know, it's, it is too. I was probably, this is one of the things I was going to say, they got to want the help themselves in order for them to get the help. Um, I've seen that mm-hmm. within my side of the family, you know, um, God bless my sister-in-law who's gone through recovery. is now working in a recovery home herself. 
uh, who has dealt with a lot. I've been trying to get her on the show to tell us her story, you know, from things from sex trafficking to using and stuff like that to now where she's at and actually running a home uh, to help people in recovery, which is a great story. So hopefully eventually she'll be able to come on the show and tell us her story. I know we got a few other people that got stories. Hopefully, uh, you know, they can tell us about the recovery mode. Uh, but Bubba, you are in North Carolina. We already have a phone number up here for addiction, the addiction hotline. South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina. My, my, and I've talked to this guy for years. You always uh, mess uh, up. Yeah, shut up. All right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but listen, is there anything for anybody within your state and the surrounding areas? Is there any special number or place that they can go to if they need help by chance? Um, I don't know exactly. I, I know South Carolina DHEC, which is our environmental. Um, they have a program called Diotis. And uh, what Diotis is, is the... Um, Department of Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse uh, Services. Okay. There are a lot of resources on their website that can help steer you in the right direction as well as uh, numbers. All right. Fantastic. Um, I do know, too, folks, if you know somebody's looking for help or maybe you are as well, I know local police departments, they're not just there to, you know, arrest you or provide the law, but they are also there to help you. I do know like our local PD does have a resource officer that can help you get you in the right direction and get you put into a home on your way to recovery. It's to the point now where local law enforcement is out there helping people as well. Um, I I got one more thing to add too. Um, People get prescribed opioids for pain and things like that. And a lot of times it's after surgery or something. Right. So they take it and a lot of times they get hooked on it or whatnot. Um, if you, if you have the, the willpower to, and you have medication left over that you don't need anymore, a lot of law enforcement agencies have a program established where you can take your meds there and they will send them to be destroyed. Yes. They have um, the drop off boxes. Right. Very nice. Uh, Bubba, if there's anything else you'd like to add, uh, we're going to go, hey, we got we got some people waiting in line here, so I didn't know if there's anything else you'd like to add. I appreciate you coming to the show, Bubba. This is awesome. I appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I just want to tell like what I see, and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard telling a, a mother or a wife or a husband that their, you know, loved one is deceased because uh, this time it, it was no recovery from it. It is hard. I've I've dealt with a phone call, two phone calls on that in regards to loved ones that have passed away to do this. Um, so, yeah, it is a hard phone call. Um, Bubba, I appreciate you coming on the show. As always, I appreciate you, what you do here on TikTok. So before we let you go, everybody's watching the show, make sure you uh, do picking up Bubba Henson. He is a phenomenal content creator. Um, Bubba, thank you for tuning in, my man. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for what you do, man. It's not easy. And um whether whether you get thanked every day or not, there's there's people out there who who appreciate you, man. So thanks. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. You too, Bubba. But right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna bring in the next person. It looks like we have a uh, tech man uh, who wants to come in here. So we're gonna bring in tech man next. Uh, let me go ahead and request the uh, the accept over here for tech man. We're gonna see if he's got video or audio. Tech man, are you doing video or audio, sir? Uh, I can do video. All right. It's, it's totally up to you. Either way works for us. Okay. So, Let me see. um, for me, I've had friends that have, uh, struggled 
big time with pornography and it's actually ruined uh relationships okay um because they weren't able to get i guess how do i how do i put this in pg terms intimate intimate yeah they they weren't able to get intimate without relying on pornography to help them get to that point. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's ruined relationships. So pornography is definitely something that you don't want to rely on, but some people have to. It's a, it's a pretty, like it's a, it's a pretty under the radar type thing too. I follow, I follow Jordan Peterson, who's a clinical psychologist and uh, a guy named Andrew Huberman, who's a um, neurobiologist. And like even some of the stuff that they talk about, cause they, they go into like addictions and stuff like that. And like the, the, uh, so when you're, when you're with your woman or your partner, your spouse or whatever, there are chemicals that get released when you're being intimate. And, uh, when you're, and those, I can't remember what they are right now because I didn't look them up recently, but they're bonding chemicals. And when you're looking at porn and you're climaxing to yourself, you're bonding with yourself and you're breaking that like chemical bond with your partner. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's dangerous, man. Like that's, uh, porn's dangerous. People don't understand how dangerous porn actually is. Is uh, I just want to say I just saw some in uh, in the TikTok chat. So I do want to say, Blake, uh, I am I do I'm sincerely sorry for your family's loss down there. He was uh, May of 2022. His cousin uh, OD'd and passed. So I just wanted to say I did see that post down there, Blake. So my prayers go to you and family. Sorry for your loss. Uh, but yeah, porn, you know, there's so many forms of addiction, right? We, we're, we're, we're obviously talking one of the most serious ones right now within our country, which is the fentanyl crisis and the, uh, the deaths that are happening. But no, porn's out there too, because porn is what's destroying families. It's destroying families as well. It's destroying relationships, as you guys are saying. So, you know, there's that as well. There's gambling addictions, people losing their homes, their cars. Oh, yeah. Financial downfalls on their families. So, you know, there's so many. There's also of- suicide that's big too um, i lost a cousin on a live we're on tiktok just be a little bit careful tech man. i know what you're saying uh but on a live tech man is the the safe way for us to talk about it <laughs> I, I lost i lost a family member to it uh back in 2020 he was perfectly fine the last time i saw him and then uh just because he was going through a relationship with somebody and they decided to break things off. He, I guess, spiraled downhill. You know what's sad is the way you just worded that, though, is 100% on the way you got to look at things, too. People are able to hide addiction, right? Not everybody shows their addiction. They could be happy when they're out and about, when you see them, when you're talking to them. But when they're in the privacy of their own mind without anybody around, that's when they show. that's when they're losing it. For you, they can look happy and you you see nothing wrong. But to them on the inside, they are burning on the inside and they are hurting. And they yeah, feel, they feel I, as I if they have no one almost, to talk to. Uh, I almost lost my life to uh, an attempt 
back in 2017. What made you not do it or? Um, my wife, who's now my ex-wife, um, she got me in with a counselor and called my counselor and, um, they, my counselor was like, if you want to get help, we can get you the help you need. And I was like, yeah, I think that'd be the best. And I went to the hospital and was in there for three days on a 72-hour unalive watch. Gotcha. Uh, how do you, how do you, sorry, Mark, how do you, how are you feeling now? Um, actually, through this app and the people that I've met, um, my life has changed. Like, my roommate, I met uh through TikTok and now really? we've been we've been living together since the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. Like you may not like the app, Gary. I know how much you love TikTok, but it is amazing what apps like TikTok and so forth that can bring communities together, right? And that I think that's one of the things that it does scare some people. Yes, Gary, we understand we're not going to get in the political side of things, but let's talk about that real quick for these. No, I told you I I bailed on my past. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I told you I changed my mind on something. Well, let's talk about that, though. Let's look at – I see we got two more people requesting him. I'm going to bring you all in here in just a second. But I, I do want to relate on that for a tech man saying, right, this, this is a great app. Um, go back to when I was saying I'm a social drinker, right, when I, when I was when being an alcoholic social thing. Apps like TikTok, um, where I'm able to come on here daily, helps keep my mind off of the alcohol, makes me stay more active, communicate with people, allows me to get my social – high, I guess you could say that, that social engagement that I get when I'm out here on TikTok. And that, I love it because it does. It keeps my mind off of alcohol. The same with when I first quit alcohol before TikTok, I was growing hot peppers. I still grow hot peppers and make hot sauce. Uh, these are just different hobbies and things that you do to help keep that up. What have you ever said? That, that hot sauce is bomb too, by the way, people. So we got to, and all you TikTok people that follow my brother, push him. <laughs> To get some production going on his hot sauce because that fool makes some banging sauce. <laughs> and I've been trying to talk him into it for a few years now, but he ain't listening to me. <laughs> Maybe he'll listen to y'all. Um, but no, it's a great way that certain these apps work because some people don't like going to counseling, right? Or going to AA or um, whatever type of other anonymous programs. Some people don't like those. They'd much rather be in the comfort of their own home and have apps like this to be able to communicate with people. Um, you know, some people just don't like that aspect. At least here, maybe you feel like you're pretend a little bit, but you're not. I mean, because when you're there, people, you're physically there. I don't, I don't know. There, there's some type of, it's just a new generation. I, I can't. No, I mean, look, there's, there's a lot to be said about community. I mean, right. people, people go to church for community. They might not necessarily have super strong faith, but the, the community element is there. And, um, I don't know about you. What's this guy's name? Tech, tech nine or tech. He's got tech man, tech man. Tech man. So yeah. tech man, I don't, I don't, you know, whatever, whatever happened to you, man, I'm glad you're still here. I think, uh, I think, uh, depression and unforeseen life events that make people contemplate um, the other side. 
I think it's I think it's difficult to maintain your sanity. And for myself, who deals with that, um, for me, my my community doesn't come from from TikTok, but I can see the importance of the community because I get my community from my fitness community. And for me, uh, to keep my marbles in check and to keep my sanity on my side, I need to go hard at the gym. And when you build the community, when you go, when you suffer with people, it's like when people go in the military and they get out of the military and those people are their brothers, you've like, you're, you've gone through difficult things with those people and you create a bond that is, is unbreakable. And for me, it's, it's fitness. So if TikTok has been, uh, that positive, then that's really awesome to hear. All right. Now, over on Twitch, I see you. How you doing? Um, country lady on TikTok, you are very welcome. You know, this is a topic that I've been telling my brother I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, a tech man, I appreciate you coming on here letting us know your story, brother. You are a phenomenal person. I've always told you that every time you pop in my live and we battle and we have fun, it gets chaotic sometimes and gets competitional, yeah, it but it, it's always great, my man. So I do appreciate you. I got two more people waiting in line, though, so I'm going to bring them into the boxes here. Because uh, I, have, I have no clue how long the show is going to last. I hope for a little yeah. while here because I'm, I'm interested in hearing the story. Thanks for sharing your experience, though, man. I, that's uh, glad you're here. Yeah, always. I pre- tech man, I appreciate you, my man. We're going to bring in another person to the box. Um, we got Yep, It's Me, Duh, and then Speed Thrash. You're coming in right afterwards, which I believe uh-huh. is Leah. Uh, tech man, I'm not sure if you're able to leave. I don't know how to bump somebody out. <laughs> Leah, what's going on? How are you? <laughs> hello. Hey, how are you? You're on the show. Pretty good. <laughs> so um, it was my ex-husband that OD'd um, coming to pick up our daughter. Um, and he had to be Narcan more than once in order to bring him back. Uh, Narcan is very much a only used for when they're using directly. Um, And it depends on how much of whatever opioid they have in their system. He wasn't an opioid user. He was, um, he shot up on methamphetamines, but it was laced with fentanyl. Um, He wasn't aware. Um, So I actually work in drug treatment. I work for a detox center. um, And we also do a lot of harm reduction where we promote the, the safe use sites, the never use alone, which is the phone number where you call or they have a text line that you can text and you do it before you, you know, before you shoot up. Um, and if they don't get a response within so long, they ping your location and they send, you know, 911 or the ambulance out to help you. No, I'm I'm curious on a location like this because I've had I've had some complicated thoughts within these type of situations. Now, when the I I get the concept of these type of locations, my question is for you as far as uh, while people are doing this, do they also um, the people on the other end, not not the uh, person used, but the uh, the counselors or whatever, are they also trying to help that person get counseling afterwards, or is this a no question? They do. That? They do. Okay. Fantastic. No, um, it is always you know. This is, if this is your choice, this is what you're going to do. We're going to be here with you through it. Okay. But here are some other options for you as well. Um, and so 
treatment is always a proponent, um, but we're also going to love them through what they're going through. Okay. Got you. And not judge them because then they don't want to call. Gosh, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> okay. Can can I ask with your, with your situation with, it was your ex-husband you said? Yeah. Yeah. Were, were you, uh, were you already, were you in this current line of work at that time? Yes. Were yeah. you, were, was he, were there signs or was it kind of, was he hiding it really good or? Um, there's been signs off and on. Um, I put him through treatment three times, which was what ultimately led to our divorce in the first place. Got it. Um, he has to, uh, drug test before he picks up our children. Um, because I don't want something to happen to them. Um, That's and our crazy. youngest is 12 okay. and she's been taught how to use Narcan. <laughs> and Jeez. it's something that a 12 year old shouldn't have to know. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Um, but I always carry Narcan in my car. I have a bumper sticker that says, you know, I carry Narcan. So if someone is found unresponsive, I can administer it. I don't, I have the one that is actually injected as opposed to the nasal spray, um, which is the most easiest to use. Mm, but mm. the nasal spray is like a six month shelf life where the, sh the, um, injectable one is two years. So how expensive is Narcan? Um, and can anybody get it? Like if I wanted to go and pick some up to have can get it, anybody can get it. Okay. And is I'm, it cost prohibitive? I'm, I'm in Utah. Okay. I'm in Utah and there are so many programs, um, right now that you can just go and get Narcan. Um, the Salt Lake public library system will give you Narcan. No questions asked if that's okay. something you want. Okay. So it's free. Um, Yeah. It's free, really. There's, so people can just go and get it. Well, there's grants that have been paid to so that they can provide the Narcan for free. Okay. So there's been government grants for the Narcan. I remember reading about that. So government grants for the Narcan and programs. Uh, law enforcement officers can hand them out. Farm, I believe certain pharmacies can also hand them out as well. Interesting. Um, right. So. Um, and most um, insurances cover Narcan for free. It's and not even a copay. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Now, I think most businesses now have it. I know a lot of businesses as well now have the, um, what is it, the black, is it the black light that shows where people can't use inside their restrooms anymore? Um, no, right. it's not, is it a black light or is it, what color is it, a purple light? It, it's like, it's a purple light and it it's, makes it harder for them to see their veins so that they can't shoot up. Right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, well, there's been, there's been a lot of uh, overdose calls within like restrooms of like 7-Elevens, uh, fast food restaurants and so forth. <sighs> Where, where they go in and try to use in there. Uh, so a lot of these places have installed lights to try to prevent people from, from using in their establishment. God uh, damn. Fortunately, so that's another reason why you do see a lot more overdoses within personal vehicles on the side of the road within alleyways and so forth. Uh, it, it's horrible. Well, and I know in Utah here, um, we have USARA, which is um, basically peers in recovery that promote substance abuse awareness um, and they have fentanyl testing strips so you can actually go in no questions asked get fentanyl testing strips before you shoot up you test your substance to see if it has fentanyl um, that will decrease the overdose rate 
Um, but once again, if you are using fentanyl, you already know it is. So, right. Uh, folks, for those who are listening right now, if you have a loved one that is currently suffering through addiction, or maybe you are, uh, you are yourself, uh, we do have a number at the bottom of our screen. For those in TikTok, you aren't able to see it, but there's a number down here as uh, addiction hotline. You can call 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. The, they are open 24-7, 365 days a year. Uh, they can help get you in touch with someone with the resources that you would need. Um, that's... A tough story, number one, when, when it's the father of your children, um, so forth. But I do want to say I want to thank you for coming out with the courage to even tell you know the world essentially your your story, and, and we definitely do appreciate you coming on here and letting us know your story. Is there, if there was a message you would give anybody right now while you have this platform, what would that message be? Um, that if you're using, there's other options. Um, reach out you're not alone. And the first step is just reaching out to someone so that you can get help. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show and, uh, and talking to us. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bring in the next person online. Um, but I definitely appreciate you coming on Leah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're going to bring in Speed Thrash now over from TikTok. The phone line's been quiet. Folks, for those who are listening in on uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitch, we do have a phone number y'all can call in from. It's 207-370-5852. Feel free to call into the studio. Uh, we'll definitely answer the call. We are taking in callers as well. If you happen to have a story, whether it's a loved one that uh, faced an addiction or you are yourself or you're a recovering addict and you got a, a great story, we love hearing those feel-good stories. So definitely feel free to give us a call. Uh, Speed Thrash, you're on. Good evening, Mark. How you doing, um, sir? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough subject that you guys are talking about tonight. And I know you know a little bit about of what I do on – TikTok, where I go after uh, some of the predators of grooming and uh, sexual assault on victims, yes. and well, I wanted to bring I wanted to bring up one of the facts of that one of the long term lifetime sentences that these people get can turn them to addiction, and the innocence that gets taken from them causes a lifetime amount of pain. And I'm getting a little choked up because my current fiance, she was assaulted in her younger years. She was trafficked. Jesus. And I know the struggles she's going through. And it's one reason why I fight so hard to try to combat this. It's addiction is horrible. And, and as they were saying, anyone, it can be anything. And I'm also a military veteran, so I've, I'm non-combat, but I've seen my brothers and sisters that did go over there come back and struggle with alcohol drugs because they were not getting any help from the system. So they didn't know what to do. And I just want to, 
I want to say it's recovery is possible. Reach out. There's people. There's organizations. Recovery is possible. One of my good friends has been clean for 17 years. That's amazing. That's absolutely phenomenal. And with with the crisis that you're talking about, yeah, it is a crisis. I'm in New York City, so I see a lot of it on the streets. Hmm. And it and it's and it's sad and there's not much we can do to help and the city just seems to turn a blind eye to it. And so what you're doing and raising awareness means a lot to a lot of people out there. Appreciate. It. I mean, it is. It's one of the bigger problems that we see, and one of the things I always tell people. I've got people who live in the country say, "Oh, that problem's not here. It, it's everywhere. It's in your smallest towns of a towns. You may not just hear about it as much, but it's there. It, it truly is. It's every corner you take. I guarantee, at least almost everybody at least has one story within their family. Um, it, it's hard, man. It's really hard." And it is one of those things. And, you know, sex trafficking, what you were talking about is 100% real. Some of the times when these young girls or young boys, when they get abducted and get put into the sex trafficking ring, uh, they may not even know drugs at the time. You know, they're poached from social media uh, and brought in. And next thing you know, they're starting to get drugs and get hooked on that before they start bringing them into these hotel rooms and and doing, and I can't really talk about that, but you, you know where I'm going with that. But even aside from that, just dealing with the trauma of that those experiences, you know what I mean? So even if they are not drugged during, it's if and when they survive that situation, the, the turmoil and the trauma that they have to internally cope with, like there's no like there's no amount of conversations that you can have comfortably about that shit and it's like sometimes the only way that they can cope is by trying to escape reality right and and that's correct and with my current situation with my significant other it's i've i've seen what it can do and i'm 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 her safe space i'm I'm helping her regain her voice. But as I said, it it's a lifetime effect and it causes a whole bunch of reactions because at a young age, she also turned to drinking mm-hmm. to try to numb the pain. And that also caused more issues down the road, led to more uh, an addiction to being uh, promiscuous. And addic- like they said, addictions, it's not just alcohol, drugs, it's other things. Yep. And sometimes it's the way that the victims find a way to cope with reality. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, we were talking about that. I mean... There is so many forms of addiction. There really is. Um, it's insane. Obviously, we're talking about some of the major ones that are out there that we see all the time, but there's other ones out there. Mm-hmm. There's addictions to, you know, uh, what, spending money. 
There are some people that just can't help it and they go bankrupt because spending money. There's addiction to gambling, addiction to alcohol, addiction to drugs, addiction to cigarettes, addiction to soda, addiction to fat foods. Like my brother used to bash mm. on that, you know? Yeah. Um, there's so many. Yeah, eating addiction, someone's saying in the TikTok chat. Totally. Uh, you know, but there's but, also positive addictions too. And if somebody can leverage their addictive behavior, they can, you know, get caught up on something different and positive it's not as you know initially it might not be as rewarding but uh i think the deeper into some of the positive um aspects of addiction you can you can leverage it correctly if you have the right uh the right network and the right people in your corner i think but no i agree with you um as far as speed thrash goes, man, I definitely love that you came out and told us is, if there's anything that, well, you got the platform available to you, this will be heard also on Apple and Spotify and so forth. Is there anything else you would love for people uh, to get the word out, spread awareness about while you're on the air? Uh, just if, if, if something's happened, if you're struggling, reach out to your local, try to find your local resources. Help is out there and there's people, friends, family, and like I said, recovery is possible. And always keep your head up. Look for the positives because you'll have a huge support of people helping you fight for your recovery. And Mark, I thank you for letting me come on and be a part of this. And that's why I asked because I know my my subject was a little more controversial. No, no, I, I appreciate it, man. They're, they're- this is another side of the story that falls on the line with addiction. So I definitely appreciate you coming here and telling tell the story, my man. I, I really do. There, there's so many things that trigger addiction and there's so many things that go along with addiction and sex trafficking is one of those big things. So I definitely appreciate you coming on here, sharing the story. All right. I'll hop out and I'll give the floor to someone else. So I'll be in the chat. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that, man. I, we, we appreciate it. That's not easy. Thank you. Uh, for everybody who's joining in on TikTok, as well as uh, all the other social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, you can call into the show at 207-370-5852, or you can request a box on TikTok. Doing the boxes on TikTok is something new to us. I do see the gifts coming through, folks. I do want to say thank you all for sending in the gifts. I will tell everybody that the gifts for tonight's show is going into a new camera for our podcast because this is getting drive me nuts it's like come on it's just twitching a little bit just a little bit it's looking like a damn strobe (laughs) freaking horrible man freaking horrible i'm sitting there like i'm trying to concentrate on this podcast and all i see is this flickering going on over here so a camera is in the near future um but but as far as everybody goes thank you all for this uh if y'all want a box feel free if i remember correctly send um, you did say at one point that you wanted to come into the box. Um, is that still the case? Did you want to come in and talk about your story? If so, please let me know in the chat below. Uh, in the meantime, uh, supposedly, um, why am I only finding 2021 stats? Um, I was looking at it takes stats. a couple of years. I don't think, I don't think you're going to find anything for 2023 thus far. Gotcha. Cause yeah, right now, I mean, if national drug involved overdose deaths, number among all ages by gender, 1999, 2021, uh, more than 106,000 persons in the U.S. die from drug-involved overdose in 2021, including illicit drugs and prescription opioids. The figure above is a brand 
Uh, and it does show it just, it's a nonstop climb. And there was a, there was a dip back in 2018. And ever since then, it climbed up. It, the dip was right around 70,000, uh, between 50,000. I was going to say it's like 60,000 there. Just pre, pre-COVID? Pre-COVID. And then it jumped up to wow. 106,000. Dude, COVID, like, I, I mean, this was, I mean, it was mentioned on the news, but it was like, um, and it was kind of funny at first, but it, it, if you really think about it, it's a really shitty situation. Like the first three to six months of the shutdown, like I would, I would walk down cause we walk our dogs a few times a day, right. but like, you know, trash day would come and, um, you like, you notice when things are different. And one of the biggest things that I noticed was, um, the amount of liquor bottles that were in people's recycling bins towards, you know, every, every week, man, every week, multiple bottles of booze, multiple bottles of wine. And I'm like, in like, I, we just had trash day the other day here in my area. And so I don't see hardly the amount of bottles in the recycling bin now, but it was pretty heavy at the beginning. And you could, you could read the news stories and like, there's tons of people sharing, you know, their experience on the amount of alcohol, the uh, alcoholism, how it was negatively impacting their families because people were not able to go to work, working from home, trying to deal with, just not being able to live a a normal social life. And, um, you know, there was a lot of abuse, domestic abuse, child abuse. Like there was a lot of really negative things that were happening because people were boozing and like that it's, it snowballed into a bunch of like really negative things. So, well, yeah, if you look at it too, when you're, the way you're talking, it also brought a high in depression, right? During these long, crazy depression. Because, you know, people who do their lives are based around the socialism, right? Yes, being social, social. We're a social creature. Yeah, we're social creatures. And you take that away from people. Yeah, you got apps like TikTok, you got Facebook, but it's not the same it's as, not. As, as that face to face communication, engaging with other friends and family, having that cookout, that barbecue. Uh, going to the amusement park with the family, taking your kids, let's go grocery shop. Drives me fucking insane, absolutely insane. I fear it every time I bring my kids grocery shop. But you know, it's something that you do because you want to see your kids climbing like a monkey to the third shelf and playing Superman, leaping aisle to aisle just to have fun. You know, it, it's something that drives you nuts. But it's you need that in your life. Yeah, not not being able to high five your friends, not being able to you know hug people. Like there's there's we have to do that as a people and um, people weren't able to date back then. They weren't able to date. Like they weren't able to go to a bar. weren't able to go out to dinner. Like that took away that one-on-one engagement, but that people need. Yeah. And that was just COVID. And, you know, so it's like, what, what are, what do you think? What do you think the biggest reason for people uh, not reaching out for help? is do you think it's uh do you think they don't want to quit do you think the addiction is they still feel like it's an enjoyable thing or do you think it's the 
the the thoughts of being shamed or disowned or well, unfriended or shamed or disowned. So it's a shame so, thing. I think, in my opinion, I think it's the fear of how people are going to look at you, right? Because once you come out and sit there and tell someone, I mean, a lot of people are scared to ask for help, man, on every aspect that, that's out there. They're scared to ask for help on anything, whether it be addiction or fucking fixing something out, out in your garage, you know, especially if you're a guy, you don't want to sit there and ask for that help. You want to try it. You think that you can do it yourself. You think you can figure it out. So you try it until you fuck up and you fuck up some more until next thing you know, you burnt down your garage or it's to the point where you need help at that point. To me, man, like I, I, I used to really, really, really enjoy drinking. Like I like the flavor. I like the feeling, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of like, I don't think the, I don't think the negative effects outweigh the benefits. And I know that it's a very social type drug. It's the only drug that if, so if you go to a a backyard barbecue or if you're hanging out with a bunch of friends and they want to go have a drink after work, like if you say that you don't want to go because you don't drink, it's the only drug that people will look at you weird like you don't do it. They'll think that there's something wrong with you because you don't drink. Right. And like I was brewing, I was brewing beer for a couple of years with some, some good friends and we were brewing a lot of beer. And in addition to drinking the beer that we would brew, we would buy a lot of other very expensive, high calorie, high alcohol content beverages. And it's like, for sure, I was the least healthy I had ever been during that time. The heaviest I'd ever been. My body felt the worst. My mind was not on my side. And um, looking back now, like my wife hated that shit. Like she was not cool with me hanging out with people who we were all pretty close with because I was not it wasn't, it wasn't doing anything good for me. It wasn't doing anything good for my relationship with my wife or even my friends or my work was suffering. Like it's, uh, alcoholism specifically is, uh, you can be a high functioning alcoholic and people kind of turn the other way because it's so sociably acceptable. And I feel like the same thing is happening nowadays, even with, with, uh, marijuana weed. Um, it's so socially acceptable now and it's becoming more and more legal and more and more people are using it. Um, that I think people just need to be more mindful of, um, these substances that seem so innocent, but they're not especially socially acceptable. Agreed. Uh, well, we got another box. Um, Paulette Stewart over on TikTok is one request to come in here. So we're going to bring in Paulette Stewart now. Uh, waiting for it to connect over here. I got three dotted lines. Paula Stewart, what's going on? You're on. Hi. Okay. Hey. I wanted. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. Okay. Okay. But I always want to let let everyone know this is a story. One of the stories why I'm on TikTok. Uh, I'm a mom of um, a recovering drug addicted son. He's now four years clean. And nice. congrats. It. Um, his drug of choice was meth. I learned. Mm-hmm that that was one of the hardest drugs to get, you know, let go of. And for anybody out there who may be listening, 
um, I didn't want my son in jail. And uh, whenever he had called being in jail, I went and got him out, which was the wrong thing. He so much wanted to release the drugs. He didn't want the drugs, but the drug was so powerful that it, he just, he maintained it. You know, he would a couple of days be off of it, but he would go back. So the last time that he got put in jail, um, I left him there. And even though he called me, begging, please come and get me, come and get me, you know, saying things, all kinds of things. And as a mom, I, my heart just broke, but uh, I left him there and he stayed in there for a year. They knew that he had a, a, an addiction problem and wow. they worked with him and helped him to get over it. And um, if anybody out there hears, please, as a mom, as a, as a spouse, as somebody let them stay there. There are people in those that are professionals that will help them to get away from it and uh, give them programs, training, all kinds of things within the facilities to help them. And um, that's kind of my story as a mom. It, it affects families really hard. Any did, you, did you feel guilty at all for leaving him in there or did you know that that was the right choice to make or like how hard i mean i can't even imagine how that's got to be insanely difficult to deal with yes whenever i realized that if i did not leave him there that he would not be here in this earth he was gonna he was gonna die um if I didn't leave him there, yes, I feel guilty. I cried because he would call me and I, I realized at the point that he was coming off of the drug and he would tell me that people were going to kill him. They were, you know, in there going to harm him, you know, all kinds of stuff. And as a mom, I would cry. I would be on my knees praying. I would, because I had his two children and I went to places we had to go through like uh, all kind of classes and stuff. And it put me in a place where, you know, I never, ever thought I'd ever be. But yes, I did feel guilty about leaving there because he was my son. I love my son. But I knew that if I did not keep him in that place to get help where he got, I mean, it was jail, but he got help. And they have programs in there that he would not, he would not have made it. He would have died upon this earth. If when, I him out. Like, when did you know that uh, at what point? Or what happened for you to know that you made the right decision and he was turning over a new leaf? Whenever, okay, whenever he first got in there. Now, he this was the second time. First time I got him out, he tried, but he could not do it upon his own. So when he got put back in there the second time, um, he would call me, like I said. He would call me saying, please, mom, please beg and cry and beg and and I said, no, I had to say no. For anybody out there who's in a situation like this as a parent, as a spouse, and they're begging you, saying that you you know, you know, don't love them, whatever, trust it. Trust the process of it. About two months after that, you know, he would come, but his, his begging and his crying would be a little bit because I'd say no. Even though it was so hard in my heart to say no, I said no. Then about maybe five months into it, he asked me, not, not, he was coming, you know, getting away from the drugs. And uh, like I said, with the help in there, 
And he would say, Mom, and I said, no. And I knew then that he was on the right path because he he stopped asking. And he knew that he was getting away from the addiction and they were helping him, uh, like I said, with the everything. He was going through programs that were in there. They like help dogs, uh, train dogs or something that, you know, cool. are, are uh, Very nice. and um, so they would put dogs with uh, them to train. And then he went into a facility that was like a rehab um, that he was put in pretty much in charge after the year. So, uh, yes, after he quit begging and crying, I knew that he was in the right place. And how is your relationship with him now? Oh my gosh, my son, he's four years now off. He's, he, he come out of that place because he, he was not a problem child. He'd never been in trouble, never in his life. And he just got caught up in a situation that this occurred. And he, he tells me today, he goes, mom, I thought I could just do it and walk away like a lot of people, but it got him hard. And he went back to a job that was like he, because he had a great job and everything. He has two children, which we right now are, you know, caring for. And when he was in this facility, thank goodness, we were capable of taking care of his children because there was no way they were going into CPS custody, you know. Right. And uh, he's back with his children. He's got a great job. He's, like I said, he is a day-by-day thing. But there's four years that he has it, and he does have to take some medications to help him, like with anxieties and stuff, because, well, let me tell I could tell you all something. He kind of got into some things he shouldn't, and he got shot, and he died twice on the operating table. Oh, wow. And so he's got like a PS, PSD, I think that's what it called. PTSD. Yep, yeah, PTSD. So uh, the bullet, and it's a godsend angels because he was at close range shot because he was stealing something and um, he has a bullet that is right by his heart I mean angels were watching him that day it's a testimony that I believe in prayer and um, he has like I said he died twice on the operating table and stuff but he has a greater outlook on life he's got his kids his kids are his life and he it's a day-by-day thing you know when he gets anxieties, we talk, but uh, hopefully he never goes down that because it took our whole family down a path and we were so supportive of him. But we, like I said, we had to let, or especially me, my, now my, my husband would have left him in there the first time, but I got him out. And sometimes I was guilty because I got him out the first time that he was in jail. Um, but the second time, yeah. But yeah, we have a great relationship now. Sad part is my wife. My wife would have been like her husband. I would have been like my wife. <laughs> I'm, I'm the softy in my family. I am the softy. My 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 wife puts down the hammer. I'm the I'm the softy. But Paula, amazing story. Congratulations on mm-hmm. your son being clean. Um, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you. Um, and you know we got another box request coming in now. But I want to ask you though, if you have anything to say once again to everybody that's out here is listening, people are going to be listening on Apple and Spotify. If you have a message for them, what would that message be? It's just don't give up on your loved one, and no matter how much they plead, if they're in in jail, do not say no how hard it is, let them stay there because the drug is more powerful 
than they can handle. And there is help within the facilities that will help them to overcome it and programs that will help them. It may take a year and hopefully they will overcome it, just be supportive of them. And that's pretty much what I have to say. Well, I appreciate you, Paula, so, coming on here. Your story is phenomenal. Once you. again, uh, um, my prayers go to your family, and I'm um, very happy for your son's success and his recovery. Okay. Thank you so much for letting sure. me be in. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. So we have another box request sent. I see you out there, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to continue going. We've got been in for an hour and 16 minutes, but nature is calling. So I'm going to – oh, there goes my green screen. It's it's crashing. Uh, we're going to – Right. We're going to take a quick five. Um, I'll throw in a, a little bit of, a, I, Lord knows what kind of music it is. It's my non-copyrighted music that I'm able to play over here. Well, it's copyright, but I have the rights to the copyrighted music. Um, so we're going to take a quick five and we shall be right back. We'll see y'all in just a couple of minutes. For y'all on TikTok, you're just going to stare at a regular green screen. For y'all over on YouTube, uh, Twitch and stuff, you'll actually see my green screen freaking out as it is right now. That's why I need to get a new camera. All right, we'll be right back. Hold on. Shit. Oh no, we were just talking about porn. That's not like bad porn music. Hold on. There we go. All right. No, that's even worse. Hold on. Let me go Gary Shush it. I'm hold on. Uh, let's do uh let's do rock. Hold on. Uh 1980s rock. No. Uh dear God, no. I have no clue. Staff picks. Here we go. All right, we'll be right back. Dear God, this music. We'll be right back, y'all. Boom. Gary, look, my green screen's tweaking out, man. My camera cannot keep up my green screen tonight. It's horrible. Uh, I tried to squeeze in the CM before the video came back. I see it. Bear with me. You got, you got a little chompage going on there. I'm hungry, Here, man. I see that. You guys, let me just fix my green screen real quick. This is why eventually I think my next rounds of TikToks that we'd be doing with the battles, we're going to be racking up to uh, get a new camera for the studio. There we go. All right, we're fixed for now. Let's see how long that, that before that tweaks out. All right, it's already tweaking out. Screw it. I'm not messing with it. Folks, I'm sorry if my video's messed up. I do apologize. For those on Apple and Spotify, welcome to the crazy show that never goes right with as far as audio and video goes. Audio's actually been pretty well. I guess YouTube just didn't have any sound with the music. Um, my wife texted me, by the way, and asked, how do you know what porno music sounds like? <laughs> uh, also, she did uh, the, the no comment when I was responding back to her on was uh, she made a comment regards when you talk about hot sauce. But Nia says, as long as I make the hot sauce outside, we'll be okay. That's what I did last time, though. I made all the hot sauce outside. Because so you basically gas bombed your whole house. Huh? Oh, dude, I completely annihilated my whole house with the hot sauce. It was bad, dude. Like, we had to open up windows. People were gagging and hacking. Everybody it's pepper started. spray, right? Like that, the capsaicin that's in the, the peppers? That's what they use to make pepper spray? Yeah, it's essentially dude. just pepper spray, man. It's horrible. That's gnarly. It takes, it takes away your breath. You feel like your lungs are burning. It's It's awesome. And you go hard. You go Ghost Pepper, Carolina Reapers. I, I, I don't hold back. Them. I don't hold back. No, you don't. No. You definitely I, don't. That's for sure. No. For those that are tuning into the show, welcome to the Mark G Show. Today's topic is addiction. 
if you need help or if you know a loved one that may need help or a friend that needs help, there is an addiction hotline right underneath the screen here for those on TikTok that cannot see it. That phone number is 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. They are open 24-7, 365 days. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I see all you girls, uh, all y'all great words over there on TikTok. I appreciate you. I'm glad you all enjoying the podcast. We did have a box coming in from Ascend 305 over on TikTok. So I'm going to bring her in now. Um, well, let's see. Well, well there's I got the hiccup from that yam. I see that. That yam making a hiccup over there, brother. Man. All right. Thanks. Send is now connected. Send, what's going on? You're on. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Nice to meet you finally. Nice to meet you as well. Yes, ma'am. Right, things are good over here. You know, I woke up breathing, so I can't complain. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I woke up breathing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want, first, I wanted to thank you for opening up the podcast about addiction. Oh, I want to get everybody to share their stories and their recovery stories. Um, my story is kind of like yours. I don't really, I don't really have that addiction. I mean, right. I have addiction to cigarettes and coffee and, right. and, and soda. Right. You know, but um, I went through the same thing as a, as a kid. You know, my mom was very fun loving. I didn't have a father in the house, but I had an aunt that was vicious, verbally abusive, very verbally abusive. We didn't find out till later on that she was sick, oh, wow. you know, but um, along with that, then there was some physical abuse and stuff. So as I became a teenager, just like you. Uh, we, I had an aunt and an uncle. We grew up, I'm, I'm, I know I don't, I may not look it, but I am really old. <laughs> so, but I grew up in the era where crack, like when crack hit the scene, like it just took over like our city. So my aunt and my uncle got a severely addicted to crack, you know, and I remember waking up them hog tying them, the cops coming in, you know, people banging on their door for the money that they want or whatever they stole from them. Right. You know, so I never I always saw drugs as, you know, really, really bad. You know, Nancy Reagan say no to drugs, but I never saw drinking as a problem because nobody really drank in my household. Right. So, you know, as you become teenagers, you know, you start experimenting. hundred percent. And I experimented with weed, but weed was I, I never could handle the weed. Okay. To be honest with you, right. but made me paranoid. Drinking was a lot of fun because drinking you get drunk, you right. act stupid, you know. But um, not only that, but because of all the verbal abuse and some physical abuse and stuff, you know, I internalized a lot. I became very low self esteem. Whereas the drinking, when you drank with your friends, you felt like, wow, they like me. Wow, they, you know, you become the life of the party. Right. So my mom didn't know for a long time either. And stuff. So every time we snuck away to a friend's house, we always made sure we got booze and, you know, drinks. So we found somebody older to go and buy them, you know. Right. So um, when I turned 18, my senior year, I got pregnant with my son. So when I found out I was pregnant, that just all just stopped. Like, stopped. I don't know why it all stopped, but it all stopped. I kept thinking of my mom. That's not the type of person you want to be over your child. Right. You know, so my kids became my life. And then I married young. And unfortunately, I married to a drug addict. And stuff that I didn't know at the time, because I told you, I didn't know. I knew drugs were addictive. I just didn't know how bad the actual, right. right, Like how they actually work. Like, how do you know when someone's high? How do you know? Because the only way we knew how my aunt and my uncle were high is because they would come 
they would normally come running in and the cops behind them. Oh, jeez. You know? Right. And just, yeah. <clears throat> so, needless to say, years years later, I had a stepson that got addicted to drugs really, really bad and stuff. And then um, eventually, like Paulette, my son, my second oldest, got addicted to pills really, really bad. And now I'm a little different than her. So I'm a little different because he happened to get addicted to the pills after the fact that I was already working in the Miami rescue mission and stuff and learning about addiction and learning, you know, what is enabling. I never knew I was an enabler right. for a long time. So when he got addicted, I told him he couldn't live with me anymore. And the, the shock on his face, because, you know, as a mom, you know, moms can do anything. Moms can help you with everything. Right. You know, and and I wasn't going to, I'm not, I'm not going to put up with it. I already went through it with your dad. You know, I already went through it living with it. I'm not going to put up with it for my son, though it hurt me. Right. So I kicked him out the house. Now he turned around and had a son. Right. So see, I look good for being a grandma. Okay. That's not so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only kidding. I'm only messing with y'all. But he had a son. Right. And I told him, if you don't get your crap together, all of you have to leave. And he asked me, he said, even Alex? I said, yes, sir, even Alex. And stuff. And he goes, mom, say, so you'll do that to your grandson? I said, understand that I'm grandma. I'm not permanent provider, child care worker. That's your job. I said, now, if that's what you want your son to see and look through, that's on you. I'm not doing it. You got to get it together. And stuff, and gratefully he got it together. Needless to say, the mother didn't get it together. So he's a single father with two kids, and stuff, and that's his life, you know. And I'm really proud of him that he got it together. But it did hurt, right? And if you speak to him now, he'll tell you now. And so the greatest thing my mother ever did was kick me out. You know the the story that you talk about there. Number one, congratulations to your stepson. But the story you're talking about is actually another problem that we do see, right? With with a drug addiction, sometimes it is typically just that one parent who will clean up, while the other parent is unable to clean up. And you do see a lot more broken families um, due to yep. addiction. You do see a lot more broken families, whether it be you know the father's getting the kids or the mom getting the kid. We do see that with that, or we do see obviously. Um, Child Protectors or CPS stepping in as well and seeing kids going to, you know, adoption homes and stuff like that because both parents won't. And and that's one of the things we got to look at as a society, too, is that um, with addiction, not just the person who's addicted to suffering, but also the children. The children are seeing a lot of the stuff. The funny part is, let me tell you how good God is. Before I started working for Miami Rescue Mission, I worked for his house children's home. So we got all the children that were pulled from the state by their parents, from their parents, you know, and stuff. But I want to, you know what I want to encourage everybody is that recovery is possible. 100%. Because I did work in, I did work in Miami Rescue Mission and they have a 90% turnover rate Oh wow! of recovered addicts, which is really, really good considering when they graduate the program, normally in less than a week, they relapse. You know, now don't get me wrong, I've lost a lot of them to overdose and a lot of good people, talented people. I mean, talented singers, artists. And so, but they do recover. Recovery is possible. Unfortunately, in Florida, the state I come from is Florida. I'm not there right now. I live in Ohio now, but 
in Florida, if you're under the age of 21, you could go and sign a Marchman's Act. I don't know if that's in every state, but I know in Florida, there's a Marchman's Act and stuff. And what that is, you pay like less than like 40 bucks. And what it is, is if they happen to get pulled over or whatever, they're out on the street and an officer runs their name, they they automatically take them in and put them into a rehab Oh wow! for like three weeks. Yeah. And then from there, it goes court ordered. They have to go to a... I don't think that really works out because like you said, they have to want it. Right. They you have know, to want the recovery. In order for recovery, yeah, you got to want to recover in order for it to actually work for you. You got to... It's um, what do you want to call? It? What am I trying to? What's the word I'm trying to think of? Gary, help me out here. Well, you have to want it. You can't. You can't make right. somebody. You gotta have the something. Right. Yeah, they gotta have the motivation. You can't make somebody quit something they don't want to quit. Like if, it's like if somebody wants to, if they legitimately want to quit, they will. They will do all of the things necessary to quit. And like you're saying, there's like a, a lot of the people that when they leave these programs they relapse what's what most people don't realize or maybe they do because it's some of these things are easier said than done right but it's like a lot of these folks that are using and even if they want to quit but they're having difficulty quitting is because of their environment there are things that trigger these behaviors they're this behavior tends to become habitual. So not, not only is it like physically and chemically addicting, but the, the psychological aspect of it is like if, if they come home from work and they crack open a bottle or if they, if they hang out with certain friends or if they have, uh, you know, they have to change their environment. They have to change the things that are around them. They have to change the people that they hang out with. You hang out with a bunch of people that do Coke. You're probably going to end up doing Coke. You hang out with a bunch of people who are smoking weed all the time. You're probably going to end up smoking weed all the time. Same with pill popping. But on the, the, on the converse, if you're hanging out with a bunch of people who are fitness junkies, you're probably going to get into fitness. If you hang out with a bunch of well-educated articulate business entrepreneurs, you're probably going to get tricked into trying to start a business of your own. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. So just change well, yeah, people, well, places and things. Totally. Yeah. You that's what to change the, the triggers. People and things. Right. But let me say this too. Drugs are everywhere and you carry you wherever you go. Yeah. So you can but say at the same time at the same, I agree with you a hundred percent, but if, uh, if you if you're hanging out at the gym, if you're hanging out with uh, people who are you know around firefighters, uh, if you hang around people who are you know volunteers for Habitat for Humanity, the the odds of you running into a drug addict are quite a bit less than if you're hanging out at a park where there's a bunch of people smoking weed, boozing up, and selling pills. Right. Right. So like drugs are everywhere, but you, you, you have control over where you go. Even if you're in a, in a place like downtown Portland, if you're in Atlanta, Georgia, there are little cuts in every major city where there's really motivated, really successful, you know, P 
people who are who are on the straight and narrow path. Right. So, I mean, I, I but I do agree with you. So I hope that doesn't come off as me disagreeing with you because you're you're 100 percent right. Um, but I feel like um, I feel like people people have control over over where they go on a daily basis in the environments that they put themselves into. It's entirely up to themselves. They say it in the in the rooms as well as people, places, and things you need to change. Yeah, and that's hard because you you, the rooms are, you, you form these bonds with people, right? And it's like if if you mm-hmm. feel like these people are your friends because it's a habitual thing to hang out with these people, it's hard because when you stop hanging out with them, they're going to talk shit, and then they're going to kind of shame you back mm-hmm. into going, you know, into falling back into your old habits because changing habits is very difficult. And when you start trying to be a better, stronger, more positive version of yourself, those transformations are usually uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, as a, as a species, humans like the path of least resistance. That's why we like to just Netflix and chill and fast food. And, you know, it's, it's, but that's not where the magic happens. And that comfort zone is not where the magic happens. Oh, no. Oh, definitely. you got to get out of it. You know what? Some people, they need to know that they got to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. That's it. You know, my yeah. son needed that. You know, and I didn't realize that I was enabling him. Like, oh, you know, you don't need that. What you need is therapy. What you need is prayer. What you need is this. And then finally I said, you know what? I know what he needs. The sad part is a a lot of family members and friends really don't know that they're enabling number one until it's a little bit too late as well. And that's the sad part. Enabling is blind. Uh, It's a blind eye. But at the same time, addiction comes in many different faces. Like I've said before, too, you never people can hide their addiction very well. I mean, some people, when you see that, oh, wow, they OD'd, it shocks you like, I never knew they did that how the hell did they hide it so well you know because they say that addiction makes people steal some some people do some people don't you don't always see that person steal there could be a wealthy person and then we just lose a very um high profile person actually to an overdose that we all just found out was it um it was coolio oh man yeah coolio died of a fentanyl overdose yep that was fentanyl that, got him? that was fentanyl damn dude I have a what about very- DMX? Didn't DMX just die too, like a year or so ago? What was his thing? Was that something? He died, like- yeah, he died a year before um, before Julio. Yeah, died, was yeah. that also was that Wait, drug well. related or? Yeah, and the thing was, I don't know. I know it was something that's hard. You know, DMX know. Was, just did rehab in New Hampshire too, prior to his death. He was mm-hmm. actually in New Hampshire uh, at a rehab center, a high end rehab center in New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire, maybe, yeah, well, New Hampshire. Here's the thing. Well, most people don't know when they come out of addiction, like, like when, like when you're in recovery, let's say you're in recovery for heroin, right? Yeah. And so when they come out of recovery and they're doing well, right. But they go to relapse, they think they could do the same amount that they did before. You know what I mean? And you can't because you will overdose right. and stuff. And a lot of people don't, don't, a lot of people that are in recovery don't understand that, that you will overdose. You can't. It, you can't. I don't know how to explain it, but you can't. You you will. I had a, a a neighbor, young guy, really, really, really handsome, recovery, working his steps, and I don't know what happened. Got into an argument with his girlfriend, decided to shoe up, overdosed, and died. Jesus. 
you know, a young kid. Far too common. That that particular example is like you almost hear about that. So so like it's a it's almost it's a common thing, and it's really unfortunate that that we all you know as it's hard to deal with relationships and when something happens that we obviously are not happy with, we tend to go self-destructive and that's, that's like a really shitty way to cope with things. And I feel like there's some, some unaddressed trauma and that leads people to these like negative behavior patterns that, you know, makes them self-destructive as opposed to, Hey, my relationship is over. Let me, let me get back into the gym. Let me get back into the, let me get fitness going. Let me read some books. Let me go back to school. Let me do something that's going to build me up and make me a more desirable, better human for my next partner. But instead, like we, we hit the bottle or we go to the bar, we start doing shitty things. Right. So it's like, it's, you know. So what I'm going to do. Here's something I want to add to you, especially for a loved one. Yeah. Okay. The thing of it is, is to recognize also the signs of them getting ready to relapse, you know, because what sometimes are the signs? Are different, All right, what you have know, you noticed those um, signs? I know because I say they'd probably be different for a lot of people too. Some people can hold back. They are. Signs. They're right. totally, yeah, everybody's, first of all, let me not classify everybody that's on drugs. You don't want to label all of them under one thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people just think, oh, they've always been a drug addict and oh and no there's a lot of things that led up to that addiction and everybody's individual totally you know but there you have to if let me say this there are classes for loved ones and families of people that are in addiction Al-Anon is one of them so that's so great and Al-Anon's all over the country and stuff that you can attend while your partner or your son or whatever family member friend is receiving recovery. So this way you're aware of exactly what they're going through, what they've been through, what support they need, you know, and you can recognize a sign when a relapse is about to happen. And it normally starts off with an argument. Like you said, when we get into an argument with a loved one or whatever, we think to self-destruct. And for an addict, that's like five times that, you know, or someone in recovery, you know, so when I think about it, when, when I remember Ben was his name, when I remember Ben, I started to slowly see different changes in him. I would ask him, Ben, you're okay. Oh, I'm still good. Oh, I'm still this many days clean. Really? And I started to reckon. And all of a sudden, one day woke up and he was he had overdose. What happened? He argued with his girlfriend. The argument was the cause for him to go back. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's true. Right. You know, but that's just my observance of it. Um. You know, so... Is yeah. the, the way the only way to do that is to take classes with them. Exactly. And you're right. Addiction doesn't have to be drugs. Addiction is everything. It is addiction and movement. Right. I do want to say, Sen, uh, we have a few more boxes done here. Um, uh, we got Green mm-hmm. Moon Boss has been uh, in the line over here. So if sure. there was anything that you want to say, I tell everybody out there listening, uh, feel free to go ahead and, and say it now. We will bring in the next person. Okay. Let me say this. Go for it. If you have someone that you love and you really, really want to see them get cleaned, be aware if you're becoming an enabler, okay? The only way to know that you're an enabler is just like this. If you're paying the consequences for their actions, then you're enabling them, okay? Meaning if he stole the money 
the lights got cut off, right? But you take the money, and so you decide to pay for the lights yourself, and they're still with you doing doing what they're doing. Then you're you just enabled them. You just pay the consequences for their actions. So please, it's a tough love. In the end, they will know it's done out of love to save them. Okay, and recovery is possible. It is very possible. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you sharing all that. That's uh, thank you, son. We definitely appreciate you. Helpful. Well, thank you for opening up, Mark. Continue being you. You're a funny <laughs> creator. I love your lives. Thank you. I appreciate and stuff, it. And I'm grateful for this podcast. Thank you. You have, have a good night. Fantastic. Well, I'll night. still be moderating. All right, I'll sounds, still be moderating. Sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Uh, Green Moon Boss Fam, we're bringing you in now. We haven't ran an almost two-hour podcast in a while, man. Oh, hi! Can you hear me? I can. It's quite loud, though. One second, let me try adjusting. Are you are you are you in a vehicle or something? There we go. Oh, hold on. Okay. All right, is that better? Yes, a lot better. I. I so my story, my story started when I was a teenager. Um, my mom's boyfriend. So basically he was my stepfather was sexually molesting me and he was a police officer. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, as soon as it was outed, um, I was told what to do, what to say during the trial by so many people. I was being harassed by police officers, um, going to school. I've lost like half my friends. Um, my mom testified against me. Um, I went through a lot and I didn't deal with any of that. I didn't go to counseling, didn't have anybody. So I kind of just like pushed everything inside. And uh, my mom being that she was a single mom of three, she ended up doing a lot of parties and she worked for McDonald's and she was a manager there. So she would bring home McDonald's food and that's how she would feed us lunch, breakfast and dinner. And her co-workers would come home with her at nighttime and they'd always have like a ton of beer. Um, and they would be like teenagers, like around my brother's age, like 17, 16, 17, or like 17 to like 22 and just partying all the time. So like my sister and I would wake up the next morning and there was alcohol everywhere. So as a troubled teen, you know, I was putting that in my coffee in the morning on the way to school and as soon as my mom, she uh, couldn't pay rent anymore, so we lost the house. And I ended up, I was homeless on the streets. My mom was living with her boyfriend. My siblings were living with family members and friends, and nobody wanted me. My grandmother didn't like me. She treated me like crap. I don't know what it was about me that she didn't. Um, eventually, I was in foster care, where then I was also sexually assaulted. Jesus, it seemed like man. every male figure in my life sexually tried to sexually assault me. My mom's ex-boyfriends, um, foster parents. Um, eventually, I moved in with my father down in North Carolina. And I couldn't even stay there because his wife didn't like me. So by the time I was 17, I got with the first guy that showed an interest in me. And he was awesome for a little bit. 
I arrived with it for like seven years and got bored with it because he wasn't really, you could tell we were just roommates at that point. You know, and so it was the relationship that turned awesome into like a roommate. Afterwards. Yeah, it was like he was sleeping one room, I was sleeping in the other. He would come home, say hi to the cats, and go straight to the computer. And that's where he did when he got home from work. So it was like pointless relationship, really. Right. So you kind of. So again, I went. So did you fall down? The, the, no, I'm just. I'm, so, so with all this stuff going on, did you end up turning to like alcohol or. I actually turned into addiction because the guy I met afterwards, he was uh, mentally and physically abusive. Jeez. And I called out for help at one point to my sister and her husband. And this is before my addiction started. I had lost a lot of weight because I had an eating disorder. My husband would leave in and out. Like I would go to the bathroom and he disappeared for like two days like no warning, no nothing. And I would be in a town where I didn't know anybody. And so I contacted, he left me at his mom's house for 24 hours. No, $72 by myself. Never been met her, never been in the town before. And she told me flat out, you need to get rid of him. You're not going to amount to anything. You need to call your mom. So I reached out to my sister and my sister's husband kind of left me a nasty letter saying I need to get on rehab because I was on drugs at the time I wasn't and I knew it was my husband and that was the point where I thought that I had family and just said forget everybody and everybody thought I was on drugs anyway and I didn't want to feel anymore so yeah I went out and started drugs um crack was my first and then I gradually went into heroin um my husband put a gun in my head and tried to pull the trigger, but missed and hit the floor. He's punched me in my face several times. Um, then he was like, let's get clean. So we moved in a whole different town. At the time, I didn't want to. I was being a baby about it. And then I started going to the meetings and I quit heroin doing like 10 bundles. I know that you guys probably don't know what that is, but that's a lot of heroin in one day. Um, I did it cold turkey. I didn't do any rehabs. I didn't do any medication. I just stopped. Now you did cold turkey, obviously the, the withdrawals. Worst. How did you manage the withdrawals without you? Cause obviously I know that like there's, um, there's little strips that people take. I can't remember the name of the strips. I've had family members have taken suboxone. Yeah, Suboxone. So you didn't take any Suboxone or nothing like that to help with the withdrawal process or anything no. like that? No. No. Candy was my best friend. Sugar. It was sugar for me. Okay. Interesting. The only reason why I said I know a lot of people like down on Suboxone sweats. because they say Suboxone's <laughs> like you're just taking a, replacing a drug with another uh, drug or whatever. So that's why I was kind of curious. In some cases it is. Right. But I mean, I was offered it. I think maybe I tried it once or twice, but it still made me feel nauseous and throwing up. And it made me worse feeling than I was when I was just doing it without anything. Gotcha. Um, and how long have you been clean? So then I've been clean about nine years now. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So, uh, and you just went cold turkey? Most. 
cold turkey. I'd done nothing. I was actually, I moved in the middle of the woods, which I'm very, very uh, uncomfortable with. <laughs> I'm a city girl and the woods really was a scary thing. And I didn't know anybody. I was in the middle of nowhere. But I bet you the woods helped so though, because probably easy. the savior though. So yeah, I have a family member that moved down the East bumfuck, I'm going to call and they, they, that's what they did very well, I, you know, because you move away from the city because obviously the city's problematic, right? If you think about it, the city's problematic because everything's in the city. You want something, it's in the city. It's there. What do you got to find in the, what do you got to find in the country? You got to find a bunch of rednecks with some freaking some beer, maybe a little <laughs> bit of herbage and that's yeah. about it. I mean, that's all you're really going to find out in the <laughs> yes. country. Um, but no, congratulations yes. on the nine years. That's awesome. Yeah, that's big. It was like before what made me decide to actually stop the drugs in general was um, the last time I really got really messed up and my ex-husband and I were together and I had fallen asleep, but they woke me up and we were partying and stuff and we were in an RV and my ex, my husband was at the time was like, oh, we have to go find somebody. And I'm like, okay. But he was like acting really weird. But he acted like he was on speed or something. Cause he was like, we gotta go get cigarettes. No, we gotta go get this. We gotta go do this. But he was like talking so fast. I couldn't even keep up with him. Then eventually I got him to sleep and, but he didn't wake up. Um, wow. Didn't realize he was overdosing next to me. Uh, I, I believe in angels from because of this day on because somebody knocked on the door of the camper and when I went I, I just got to the door about to open it and somebody was knocking and I opened the door and nobody was there. I walked around the whole camper and nobody was there. Um, and then the day that he when we got to, he was in the ICU for a few days and all week. And I was just a miserable person. I was a mess. I was, anxiety was crazy. And there was one morning I'd woken up to see if the doctors will come up. And I went into his room and the whole room was completely white. And I mean, white, it was so bright. You couldn't, it was, it just felt peaceful. And there was a, a man praying over his head, putting oil on his forehead. And the boy behind him, I knew. And they were praying over him and they came over and did it to my forehead. And I felt no anxiety. I felt everything was going to be fine. And the next day he woke up. Mm-hmm. And that was my calling right there. Well, they do <laughs> say the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yes. But Green Moon, I am. That's for sure. We are pushing so close to like two hours here, where my software is going to quit out, and I've got like two more people <laughs> sitting in line here. I do want to say thank you for tuning in. But is there any message? Uh, I'm giving everybody a chance. Is there a message that you, if you were to tell everybody that's listening in uh, a certain message you want them to know? Definitely, please go ahead and say that message. I think being stern and not enabling with people, um, your loved ones, from doing their addiction is great. But there's also a way of doing it to make the addict feel like they can come to you once they're clean. Okay. Fantastic. And not feel like they have to stay away. That's all. All right. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you coming here and letting us know your story, folks. So once again, for those who are listening on TikTok, but those who are watching on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, uh, there is a phone number. If you if you are looking for help or have a loved one that is currently looking for help, or you think uh, there is a phone number down below here going across our screen. It's 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. 
uh, please go ahead and write down that number. It's constantly scrolling over on the screen there over on TikTok. Uh, sorry, not TikTok. YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, for TikTok, I believe I created a poll, so that number's on there. We also have moderators and people posting that link down there. Also, for people that are watching me on video, I'm sorry, my green screen's so messing up right now. Hey, right now, it kind of looks cool. Uh, dude, I, like, you got like a full little beard going on looking thing. Legit like blending in. <laughs> it up. All right, so we got time for uh, maybe one or two more people, and then we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up here. We've been re- uh, rolling now for an hour and fifty four minutes, probably one of the longer podcast sessions in a while. I was really hoping KC, our officer, was gonna come on, uh, but apparently he must have got wrapped up. He was uh, he did get called into a meeting earlier, so he didn't know if he was gonna fully make it. But we have Smoker oh, Smoker four twenty eighty eight dabbing coming in. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Smoker, you're on. Yo, what's going on, Mark G? What's happening, my man? Not a lot, man. Much love. Thanks for doing this, bro. Um, Anytime. So I actually overcame addiction, too. It started when I was 15. I got diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa in both of my eyes, and I got told I'd never be able to drive a car. Okay. And, Wait, uh, what is that? I'm ignorant. I don't know what that is. Um, it's It takes away the peripheral vision in the eyes in some people, and then other people, it takes away their straight vision. Oh, crazy. Okay. Okay. So um, I actually, from the time I was 15 until about the time I was 17, 18, I was doing pretty much whatever I wanted. And then I got into some trouble, and just like everybody else, I moved out of town, and I I moved out to my mom and dad's, and I deleted all my social media. And then um, I stayed out there for two and a half years and got clean. And right at the end of that two and a half years, two of my old friends came back into my life. And it was at the same time my wife actually called me and was like, hey, do you want to go to the park with me? And this is when we first got together. Hey, Smoker, uh, I do apologize. I got interrupted for one second. Is your wife and daughter watching TikTok in the same room with you or watching the video in the same room with you? Uh, I'm getting a little bit of a feedback. I'm not sure where it's coming from. I'm getting some feedback from you. I just just wanted to make you aware of it. Turn it down, please. Okay. So I'm I'm curious when you were when you were using what are you okay to share what you were abusing? Uh I pretty much did everything besides heroin. Pills, powder, like, et cetera. Yeah, pills, powder, uh coke, meth, acid, shrooms, LSD. Okay. Everything underneath the DMT. sun. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, uh, but right at the end of that two year, two and a half years that I was out of my mom and dad's when I got clean, two of my old friends came back into my life and it was between taking a $1,500 car ride with them with a gun in my lap or going with my wife to hang out at the park. And I chose to go hang out with her and we've been together for almost six years now and we have five kids. Wow, congratulations. That's great, man. Congrats. 
So, so would you say that it was your wife and kids that helped turn your life around and get you straightened up? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, like she's my rock. She's my hard place. And actually, in the later years, I fit, found out that I have macular degeneration and I have cataracts on both eyes now, too. Wow. And she's she her and the kids are the reason I keep going every day. That's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's really important for people to have a why, like a reason to stay on the straight and narrow. I think that's um, I think it's critical. Right, one hundred percent agree. Well, and the last thing I'll say, Mark, before I jump off here, bud. Is yes, sir. If any of you guys have a family member that's struggling with addiction. Please don't turn your back on them. Like, I know it's hard, but make them feel like they have at least someone they can turn to, at least one person, because that's what they need. They need one person that they can turn to that'll actually help them. No, 100% agree with you there. Fact. Well, I appreciate you, Smoker. Phenomenal story, my man. Glad you're clean. I hope life is good for you and the wife and the children. Uh, thank you for definitely tuning in. I think what we're going to do now is Gary and I will get our last words out of the way, and then uh, we shall end the show. And maybe y'all on TikTok may have seen me do an hour of battles before I go to bed. We'll find out here shortly. But in the meantime, we got some closing acts to do here. Uh, but I appreciate you coming in, Smoker. You're awesome. Yeah, much love, Mark. I always enjoy watching your content and watching you, buddy. I appreciate you, my man. I'm glad I got people out there watching me. It's kind of amazing. I never thought I'd actually be a content creator. So let's go with the content creation. Uh, my phone is literally telling me it's bedtime. It's playing night music. Do you hear that? I do hear it. Yeah, it's telling me it's time for bed. My phone likes to do that to me. I don't know why. I think, oh, you know what it is? Because the kids have school. Well, they typically would have school tomorrow. But they're in- uh, school night. <laughs> yeah, so it's my day. Go to bed, asshole. The kid's going to have you up. <laughs> All right. So. We're going to do some closing statements. This is typically how we'll wrap up our podcast. We'll typically do um, a closing statement over here. And from there, we hit up with an outro and we call it a night. So everybody, just please stand by. Uh, Gary, I'll let you roll off your closing statement first, my man. Yeah, I mean, look, I think uh, I think we heard some pretty interesting stories tonight. Um, so thank you if you were one of the people that, that shared your story. Um, it's not easy to put yourself in a vulnerable spot and and share personal anecdotes so thank you first and foremost um i think everyone had some really good advice on um how to how to deal with uh changing the environment and keeping your family in the loop and a lot of good advice so um thank you for everybody and um look addiction is addiction is not easy it's 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 really difficult to get clean. The, the, the first, the physical withdrawals are not easy. Um, the psychological battles that you have to fight from day one, sometimes for the rest of your life. Um, it's not easy. There's resources out there. There are things that you can do that are positive that you can distract yourself with. Um, there are positive things that you can refocus your, your addiction on. Um, so if, if you are struggling, know that there's resources out there. Um, you're not alone. A lot of us are dealing with, with some, some sort of addiction and, um, getting clean is, is difficult. 
but it's not impossible. If you want to do it, um, you'll find a way to do it. And um, again, uh, I think the, uh, I'll say just the number one more time. So the number that is uh, available right now is is 1-800-662-4357-247-365. You can reach out to them anytime. I'm pretty sure Mark's going to also make himself an available uh, node, so to speak, for people to reach out to, because um, I feel like the podcast is good. There's, you know, just tonight is a, is a small glimpse of proof. Make happen. It's proof that, you know, people, the community matters, community matters. And um, I think having a positive influence on, on anybody's life is, is a good thing. So thanks again for everybody that shared their stories tonight. It's, um, it was it was heart heartfelt and um and it was authentic. So thank you guys. That's right, everybody. So we're gonna wrap up this podcast right now. Number one, I want to say thank you to everybody. Every guest that we had come out on the show today. Um, y'all are freaking phenomenal. So we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. First time ever trying to run a TikTok box podcast. Um, and to be honest, we have ran smoothly other than camera glitches for everybody watching in video form on the other platforms. So TikTok, y'all got the raw edition of this thing. And I appreciate all of y'all. Um, as always, listen, addiction comes in many shapes and forms, right? It's hard to tell and you got to start learning, finding out the signs sometimes. And if you are suffering from addiction, please don't be afraid to ask for help. Whether you're reaching out to a loved one, a personal friend, or reaching out to maybe somebody you don't know to ask for that help. Sometimes maybe it takes that. There's no, there's no shame in asking for help. No shame at all in asking for help. So make sure you ask for help regardless. Um, there's so much love within this community that we build on TikTok and all the other social media platforms. When I started a podcast, well, a year and a half ago, I never thought it'd grow to where the hell it's at now. So it's amazing. But that ain't what tonight's about. Tonight's about addiction, man. Need help. Look for it. Ask a loved one. Call the phone number, as Gary was speaking about, the 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Y'all have been phenomenal today. I appreciate y'all, and uh, we'll catch y'all on the flip. You've been listening to The Mark G Show. You may know them from their political commentary, but there's a lot more to the fellas than politics. And that's why we created this show. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But until then, make sure to reach out on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, at The Mark G Show. And to email the show, it's on air at themarkgshow.com. Take care, and we'll see you next time on The Mark G Show. Stand by.